Welcome back to the Our View Podcast. On today's episode, I welcome my guest, Nathan Todd, the Loneliness Coach. Our conversation today spans many different topics. We talk about the importance of human connections, inspiration porn, and also what it means to have pride in our disabilities. We hope you enjoy this conversation. I would like to welcome everyone back to another episode of the Our View podcast, where we aim to educate, raise awareness, and change the tone of conversation. I am happy to welcome my guest today, Nathan Todd, to the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Nathan. All right, man. It's good to actually see your face. Usually I just hear your voice, so it's good to see your face, my friend. Yes, I never, I, I didn't even think of that. You and I, we met um, on Clubhouse, and it's a, a voice app, so you do hear people's voices all the time, but you uh, you see their picture, but you never see them doing live movement. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we're recording this uh, video and audio, so uh, it is good to see you uh, live and in action. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, Nathan as, and I, as I said, we, we met on Clubhouse, and uh, I've mentioned it before here on my podcast that there has been, uh, I know I joined in uh, December of 2020, uh, to the Clubhouse app, and I immediately recognized the large disability community that is on the app. And the one thing, one of the big things that um, the disability community within the app is trying to do is improve the accessibility features of the app. And it's bringing uh, to the forefront of other people's minds uh, the inaccessibility of apps, you know, Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, all of those uh social media apps that everybody often uses and uh, just how inaccessible they are for those who have vision and hearing impairments. So, um, you know, just within the last few months, I know for myself, I've noticed that uh, Facebook and Instagram, they have now auto captions for their videos, which is something that really didn't exist before. You had to use a third party app to (laughs) caption your videos. So now they have auto captions uh, that's available on most uh, on most of the videos that you will post and uh, just the conversations around accessibility and um, all topics related to disability within Clubhouse have been really eye-opening. I've really connected with some great people. And uh, so Nathan, again, I'm, I'm very happy to have you here today and I'm excited for our topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah, I love like where you took that right now because the one thing that it made me think of is um like that through the journey of clubhouse one of the best things that ever happened and it uh, it started with the disability community and then it kind of it became an accepted practice for the app specifically is the fact of saying this is Nathan, I'm complete. Uh, And so you actually can know who's speaking. That was a big thing for me that that I noticed. And I think one of the things that helped was during the early adoption phase, there were so many people with disabilities who, for whatever reason, they were like, hey, let's try this out and let's see what happened. And I also think that 
there were lots of opportunities where we were like, here's an opportunity for me to show you how we can make this more inclusive. And it wasn't actually from like a, an angry space. It was like, hey, I just want to be a part of this conversation. These are great conversations and this will help me greatly. Yeah, it really is. Um, it, it's really brought to my attention some of the things that I wasn't even doing to make my own uh, content more accessible for uh, for those with vision and, and hearing impairments. So it's, it's um, Clubhouse has been really great. It, like I said, it's introduced me to great people like yourselves and uh, some previous guests that I've had on uh, the podcast. And so... Um, you know, it's really done a great job of, of bringing everybody together. So um, I would like to get started with you introducing yourself and telling everybody who is Nathan Todd. Oh, <laughs> great question, <laughs> Art. Who is Nathan Todd? Well, man, I'm just a dude who was born eight weeks premature, four pounds, 10 ounces, uh, Diagnosed with cerebral palsy at the age of two. Didn't learn to walk until I was four. Um, and so because of that, I have a mission to eradicate loneliness in the in the world. And, you know, when I say that, and it's it seems big even for myself. And realistically, it's not about having loneliness not exist because I think loneliness is a very important part of actually the human experience. What it's about for me is giving people the tools and the awareness that they can shift out of anything being chronic and lasting for long periods of time so that you can be like, oh, I, I'm lonely right now. What do I do? Oh, let me give Nathan a call real quick. I know he'll pick up and he'll talk to me, but um, my experience of living with a disability definitely kind of led me on this path. If you would have asked me five years ago, I wouldn't be here doing this, uh, but I am now. Wow, that's, that's really great, and I can't wait to uh, get into more about uh, what led you to... Uh, being interested in, in loneliness. And um, I know for myself, I can uh, talk about that as well, uh, having a disability and how that has impacted, uh, you know, my mental health and, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, looking forward to that part of our conversation for sure. Um, but first, can you tell us a little bit more about um, your cerebral palsy diagnosis and how it impacts your life on a daily basis? Yeah, so I have spastic diplegia, cerebral palsy. And so the way that that impacts me the most on a daily basis is the tightness in my muscles and any type of motor skill movement, um, whether it's big movements or small movements. Um, those are the things that really get impacted on a day-to-day -day basis and so uh, things like standing walking 
for long periods of time. Uh, those can be impacted. And, you know, it's interesting. The one thing that I would say, and that, that just saying that brought up for me, is the idea that <laughs> I used to never want to use a wheelchair. Never, never, never. Because my thought process was, I can walk, so why am I not walking? And, you know, it took a long time until I was in my 20s and my mom had a conversation with me and it, it just landed at that time of she said, well, so Nathan, would you rather prove that you can do something or would you rather enjoy the time that you're with the people that you're with? And it was like, mm, yeah. Do I want to waste my time trying to prove something or do I want to just go hang out with my friends and not be tired all the time and be present? Because, man, when you deal with chronic pain all the time, it's very easy to not be present. And I can tell you, uh, I'll speak for myself, I can become a master disassociator and just step outside of the situation and that's not necessarily good for for anybody to do that for long periods of time so yeah that is um i i love what your mom's what your mom said to you that is really uh so true i i tell people all the time with my walking on my crutches i, I walk with crutches and wear leg braces and because my leg muscles don't quite work. I have to use my core <laughs> to move. That gets very tiring very quickly because mm -hmm. you, you can't quite tighten your core to move and breathe all at the same time. <laughs> so I tell people all the time, if you put me in my wheelchair, I can go for days. I've wheeled from, you know, just about one end of Manhattan to the other <laughs> with my friends walking next to me. And, you know, I'm not tired. And like you said, being present and not really having to worry about being out of breath and, and just uh, being exhausted before you get to your destination. So um, yeah, that, that's really, uh, really great what your mom said and how you, uh, how you were able to, to take it and really um, apply it to yourself. So that, that's really, really great. Wow. And, and let's be for real though. Let's be for real. That took a long time and she probably said that about a bajillion times. So I just want to be clear, if there's some kid that's listening to this, hey, you're probably not going to listen the first bajillion times you hear it. So know that that's okay. That's so true. And as you were saying, before you even said it, I was going to say that you didn't, you didn't accept it the first time. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah that's not, that's not how it goes. But, uh, <laughs> but you did get it eventually. And that's, that's the important thing. <laughs> yeah man but yeah I, I knew you were going to say that right before you said it like yeah he didn't <laughs> wasn't well received the first time <laughs> no, I'm pretty I'm pretty hard-headed a lot of times there aren't <laughs> well we all I think we all can be which is uh you know a, a good and bad thing but uh for me I think uh you know the hard-headed <laughs> part for me comes in partly because of my parents, because they, they taught me how to be so strong and be so, 
you know, determined to reach goals and achieve things. And, uh, you know, so I think it, it is, I, I blame them. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they taught me that. Now, now Art, come on, Art. <laughs> you, did you not see what I posted yesterday? I did. I said, everything is not happening to you. It's happening through you. Yes. So it is not their fault. No, it's not. <laughs> Yes, you are absolutely right. It's happening through me for sure. <laughs> but um, so you you did mention um, your your mission uh, to eradicate loneliness, and you your name is the Loneliness Coach. Is that correct? Is that correct? Yeah, you got it, man. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you became interested in looking at loneliness and how it affects people, and it's so funny that um, I created a version of that question, and then uh, you and I both opened up our uh, Instagram stories a few days ago for uh, uh, some of our followers to uh, submit questions for this interview, and uh, that was one of the questions that someone asked as well. So um, how did you become interested in loneliness and uh, how it affects people? Yeah, I was sitting in a coaching session and um, the coach asked me, what do you believe is happening for a lot of your friends that nobody's talking about? And um, I said, I think that a lot of times we'll be experiencing loneliness and we'll be going through a hard time and yet we will do all the surface level BS and we'll go have a drink and we'll, we'll go do stuff, but we won't really talk about what's happening in life. And so I was like, um, a lot of my friends, they're, they're engineers. Like that's the profession that they've gone into. And, and for some reason I've always felt like, I'm like a human engineer, like I'm an engineer to figure out the human experience. Um, but that happened even longer um, before that question even got asked to me. It just happened in my life experience, like my life experience was preparing me for this moment. and. Back in 2008, that's when I graduated college, you know, and the world was going crazy. I, we were in a recession, but I had done everything, everything. I checked every box. I was doing what life I was supposed to do. And then I graduated college, and that's when, like, the societal reality of what it meant to live with the disability was like, boom, punch, punched in the face. And it's like, oh, okay, your, your parents may have taught you these things and modeled these things, but they're in the minority of the way society views you. <laughs> and for a whole year, man, I sat, I would nail phone interviews. I had so many phone interviews. I'd make it to the second in-person interview. 
and within three five minutes it's like oh <laughs> there's there's the reality and i'm not trying to like this isn't even about the other person sitting across from me doing the interview it's definitely just a it's what everybody's seen and when you don't spend a lot of time with people with disabilities how are you going to know <laughs> how to interact or or what to say i think that um experience of 2008 to 2009 um i do a exercise where i have you envision what loneliness looks like for you and for me it's like sitting on that couch being like well is is the expectation i graduated college but i think the expectation is that i'm gonna sit at home on my couch and collect a check for the rest of my life and mind you i've never been on social security my entire life <laughs> But everybody makes that assumption because it's so um, so closely tied to just saying that you have a disability. Mm -hmm. That's so true, and it, it, I my mind was quite blown when you said how you know what your parents taught you and modeled for you is not the way that the outside world you know thinks of you. I grew up in a very large family and a, and at the same time a very small community so all of my friends were either part of my small community that i grew up in or they were my cousins so it was like okay everybody there in those two groups accepted me and mm -hmm. you know they were willing to get to know me and get to be my friend and all of those things <laughs> and then you, like you said you get out in the real world you're just like oh shit wait a minute like that's not <laughs> It's not how everybody views people with disabilities. It's not the norm for, um, you know, for how yeah. people view us as as people who live with disabilities. And it goes back to also what you said that I think when people don't have those interactions and those experiences with those who have disabilities, that's where it comes from. They don't know how to respond to us. And because there is that stereotype of, again, as you said, yeah, I'll, I'll go to school and then I'll sit on the couch and I'll live in the house and I'll collect the check for the rest of my life because that's what people with disabilities do. They don't do anything, uh, you know, or they do very minimal, um, you know, and that was, uh, that's a big reason. I say it all the time. That's a big reason why I created my uh, Our View company because I want to change that tone of conversation. You know, let's get a new perspective on people with disabilities Let's see uh, every person, first of all, as an individual. And just because I have spina bifida and your relative or your friend, other friend has spina bifida, we're not the same. Uh, we have very different uh, everything. Everything about us can be totally different, but we have that one diagnosis. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, pause right there, because I want to ask you a question. And it goes back to our intro. So were you in the room, um, it was a We The Future room very early on where we were talking about inspiration. And I actually said that exact same thing. I was like, you know, one of the <laughs> most common misconceptions is that 
we all know each other. Mm-hmm. Like specific to our uh, disability in general. So, you know, I know every person with cerebral palsy and that's a common, they'll have a friend that also has cerebral palsy and they'll be like, uh, Nathan, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, no. Uh, uh, are they in South Carolina? Um, no, I don't really. No, nope. sorry. I don't. We don't have special cards in the special club where we talk to each other every month. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except now we do on Clubhouse, but... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it it is. It's so true. All of these uh, negative and outdated stereotypes that exist about people with disabilities that have gone on, I guess, for decades, if not centuries, uh, that still exist and people still feel this way about us. And Mm. it's really, um, it's really time to change all of that. And, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I can also relate to, um, you know, thankfully I, have been very, um, very vocal, uh, more so as I got older, not so much when I was a child, but if I'm having a bad day, I'll say it, I'll say it to my close friends and family and, you know, it just won't be a, um, a general or a a cop-out statement of, oh, I can't go out or, you know, it's, oh, I can't go out because, (laughs) you know, my body really hurts today. Or I have to go home yeah. because my back is really tightening up on me and I need to, you know, lay down in a bed. <laughs> it's more so than sitting in my wheelchair. I need to lay down and stretch everything out. So it's um, it's great when you can have those community, uh, those communities of, of people in your life that you can be honest with uh, to share that with. And especially within the last year and a half with the pandemic and everybody being pretty much isolated from each other and... You know, I live by myself, and so it, w- it was nice to just say, like, I need to get out of the house. Can I come sit in your backyard? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, can can we order sandwiches, and can we sit in your backyard and just talk for a little bit? Like, I need to get out of my house. It's, you know, I, I love myself, and I enjoy my own company, but my goodness, I'm <laughs> bored right now. <laughs> and then yeah. and then like you know talking with you it's like now I can say like yes it was getting lonely <laughs> it was it was getting lonely in here like it was it was rough but I had those people that I could just say that to and it's like hey if you're free you know which I know you are because everybody's free nobody's doing anything <laughs> you know can yeah. I come over tomorrow or the next day and just sit sit and hang out in your backyard for a little bit or can we meet at the park and just uh, talk for a little bit and, you know, FaceTime get boring and phone calls are great, but, you know, after a while you need that to actually see a person in their physical, <laughs> in their physical form. So it, it really, um, you know, it's, it's great the work that you're doing and, um, you know, I'm very glad to uh, you know, see all the work that you're doing and, uh, you know, experience that. So thank you for sharing uh, all of that with us. <clears throat> Yeah, man. So I wish that I just had like this magic thing where I could just automatically switch t-shirts every time you bring up a topic. Because like when you're talking about the outdated model, one of the things that um, I love to wear like my thoughts and 
kind of the things I stand for in my clothing. And so one of my shirts says, hey, you don't have to be a motivational speaker or a Walmart greeter. And I think that, that is like also a narrative when it comes to employment for people with disabilities that those are like the two boxes right. that you get put in. And here's the thing. So many people, <laughs> and I know we'll talk about this, so I'm just kind of like prepping, but so many people say you're motivational, you're inspirational, and that is what people hear all the time. They don't actually realize <laughs> what it actually takes to be a speaker, like how hard that shit is to actually create something that's sustainable and that's that's meaningful um for that type of business but i say that to say there's so much in between <laughs> those two things that you probably have a gift in but you've been told so many times it's either one or the other what are you going to go do or are you going to be the person that ends up sitting on the couch that there's so much missed opportunity in that in-between? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, that's the actual perfect uh, <laughs> segue into our <laughs> main topic of why I uh, asked one of the reasons why I asked you to uh, participate in this conversation. And that is the word, the phrase inspiration. So, um, as I mentioned, you and I have been on uh, the Clubhouse app for the last few months or so, and there have been a lot of conversations surrounding the word inspiration and the fact that people with disabilities are often uh, said that they are an inspiration. And um, oftentimes it's by strangers, people they've never met when they are doing just their daily routine of going to the store, uh, food shopping or clothes shopping at the mall. Um, so I would love to uh, talk with you about your thoughts uh, about when people call you an inspiration and this idea of inspiration porn. And uh, what what types of feelings does that bring up for you whenever people say that you're an inspiration and uh, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Let's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's start from the beginning, right? Because I think I am, I feel like I'm on the opposite end of a lot of our community in this topic, but it didn't start there. Uh, I used to get really, really frustrated when I would hear, you're an inspiration. Like, and I would be doing those exact things that you were talking about i'd be going to the grocery store getting groceries or who knows maybe i'm standing in the line at the bank or i'm just going out to get the mail and somebody happens to be walking by <laughs> and they just see it and they're like you're such an inspiration um so i used to get really angry and really upset when people would use that phrase i'm like uh I'm just living my life. How's that inspiring? <laughs> right? And I'm sure many people can relate to that. But here's what happened, man. 
you know, that's a huge, I just gotta be as blunt, that's a fucking waste of energy for me to say, Art, you can't call me inspiration. That's not inspirational. Well, how the hell do I know what's inspiring to Art? How do I even know what's inspiring about uh, someone seeing me walk into the store? Because you know what? Probably most of the time, they're wondering in their mind, I wonder what would happen if that was me. In my own perception of myself, would I have the the energy, the the whatever, to be able to get up and go do what that person is doing right now? And um, like, I just decided I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna get angry because you think something in my way of being was inspiring for you. I hope that you use that feeling to go create something for yourself and that it moves you to take more action. And I hate to say this, but I'm going to say like inspiration porn, right? You know, most people without disabilities have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Like, I think we also put ourselves on a pedestal when we start talking about that stuff and thinking that everybody knows what the hell you're talking about. Nobody knows. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right. Every nobody really knows what that is. I've I've said it and brought it up to people and they're just like, huh? <laughs> like what is what is it? You know, and then you have to explain it to them and it's just like, oh okay. So it's they they then understand, but uh, yeah, on on the surface, nobody really knows what uh, what that means. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I I love what you said. Um, you know, you don't know what is inspiring to that person who's saying it. Um, you know, and there is something about you or I or whoever it is with the disability. There's something about the way that we are showing up and doing things that is um that speaks to them and and the last part of one of the last things that you said just i hope that you know them being inspired by me does encourage them to do something to you know put it into action somehow for themselves you know take that and if it helps you get through a rough day <laughs> because you saw me and you remembered me like great thank you like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad i could provide that for you um, yeah, so I, I also don't have an issue with, uh, being called an inspiration. It happens. And I know, uh, again, we opened up our, uh, Instagram stories and, and asked people for, uh, different questions or comments that they had. And you sent me, uh, two screenshots of people that said you were an inspiration because of something you posted, <laughs> uh, earlier this week. So it, it happens all the time. And, uh, for myself, I don't mind at all. Um, and it actually, almost in a, I don't want to say a strange kind of way, but it, it also, it kind of gives me a boost. It gives me a, a, an, mm -hmm. a boost of energy, you know, when it's like, oh, wow, like, okay, 
Like, that's cool. I think it's really cool that somebody said they saw me. And I, as I said, I use a wheelchair. So, and I drive a car. So if I'm putting my chair in my car, it comes apart like a transformer. The wheels pop off, the back folds down. And then I have to lift it up into the back of my car. So if somebody sees that and says, like, wow, that was really impressive <laughs> how you did that so fast and just so, you know, with, with ease, like, that's really impressive. Like, that's that's so inspiring that you drive or that you do things on your own. And people, I've, I've had neighbors that, um, you know, see me walking into my house and are just like, wow, like, oh, so you, you live on your own. Again, I think it goes back to what we were saying, old stereotypes of people with disabilities either being in institutions or being kept in the house and hidden away yeah. from people. Um, but it's just like, okay, like at least they can see through me that things are changing, hopefully. Uh, well, know, and in that go. moment, in that moment, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You have a choice. And I think that's my main thing about all this is like, you have a lot of personal power in how you show up and demonstrate in the world. So in that moment of your neighbor saying, oh, you live alone, you can go one of two ways. You could be like, well, how dare you don't think that I live alone? What are you, what are you thinking? Right. Or you can just be like, yeah, man, I, I've lived here for X number of years. It's a great neighborhood. It's like an opportunity to even communicate with your neighbor right and i think my experience has shown me a lot of times and i was a lot um guilty of this myself is the fact that i would choose that choose anger before seeing the opportunity wow. i'd just be like well how dare you think that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you want to respond with, well, do you live alone? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right? That's like automatic <laughs> response. And hey, if you have that response, hey, that's cool. I think it's just, this is like an invitation to ask yourself, look, is that really how I want to respond? Right. Because you also have a choice of, why, why would I want to spend so much time um being angry and i get there are things that we deal with that they should be handled by now but i guarantee you the more you show up and you're angry like what's gonna i'm gonna shut the door in your face i'm not gonna want to deal with an angry person yeah yeah i always I, say i'd much rather I, I I always try to approach things from uh, as an opportunity to educate people and to, again, change the tone of conversation. If they come at me or they approach me in a certain way, that's like an outdated way of thinking. It's like, yeah, people with disabilities can drive. And here's how I drive. I open my car door and say, like, it's a, it's called a hand control. <laughs> You know, it's called a hand control. The pedals are still there. So anybody can drive my car technically. And, uh, but how I drive my car is I use the hand control. And, you know, so I always use it as, um, as opportunities to educate and to uh, raise that awareness and just uh, help change their way of thinking. So it's, 
you know, and yes, it does get very frustrating and you do automatically sometimes have that, you know, that fight back response where it's just like mm-hmm. you need to, you know, just lash out and yell at people. But um, most of the time I can hold that in and say like, okay, and try to see like, okay, how did they really mean that statement? How did they really mean that question? Uh, and then again, try to approach it from a way of uh, educating them and um, helping them better understand what my condition is and and what it means for me. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm all about, like you said, using you know using your energy in a <laughs> in a positive way and just uh, you know trying to stay away from the anger and the negativity is uh, what works for me. <laughs> Yeah, right. And that's that's a perfect way to say that. It's about what works for you. And guess what? I already know there's plenty of people that are disagreeing with everything that I'm saying. (laughs) And here's the thing. We need a little bit of everything. Like what would work best is if you've got the people who are really good at the the fighting, uh, the getting attention, but on the back end, they're working with the people who can communicate without being in that emotional state. Because guess what? That emotional state is creating a big barrier in how you're actually communicating your message because you're all um, jacked up on (laughs) the, the fight response and your brain's like shut off. Right. Um, so it takes everybody to make all this stuff win-win, I think. That's a very, very good point. And that we all have, you know, we all have our own lane to be in, I think. And some, like you said, some of us, that is the, you know, the, the advocacy and the fighting and, and all of that. And which is needed, yes, because we do need people to stand and, uh, you know, fight for us and and make change in those ways. And then there are the um, other ways to uh, express our frustrations and communicate. And uh, there's room for for everybody in these in these two uh, in in those those uh, spaces for sure. And mm-hmm. one thing uh, one thing uh, that I also thought of was um, I always like to think that for that one encounter that I have, I may be the first and only person with a disability that they ever interact with. And I don't want them to, you know, again, like I always try, I'll say, (laughs) I always try to make that as, you know, as pleasant. I know I don't owe that to anybody. Um, But at the same time, I don't want them to leave the encounter they had with me saying like, oh, wow, like he was a real jerk <laughs> okay that was that wasn't the word i was gonna use but it wasn't well. either i thought about it but that's the word that came out thankfully <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I did, I did. That, that resonates with me um and for me it's like i've always felt a sense of obligation for that mm-hmm. same that same reason i may be the representation of what it means to live with a disability for someone. I may be that representation. And like with great power comes great responsibility, right? Get get a little bit of 
Spider-Man going on. <laughs> and there is a sense of responsibility that I do feel when it comes to um, being a person with a disability. Like, I feel that because I know that there are people out there that don't have the same opportunities that I have um, when it comes to being out in public and being seen. And so that is really important to me to show up in a way in which based on my awareness that I currently have, I show up in the best light possible and represent the community well from my perspective. So uh, as I as I mentioned, we did um, we did open up uh, for questions from our followers, and one of the questions that you received um, was, "What would you say is your most frequent obstacle that you face?" Yeah. Um... <laughs> My most frequent obstacle is myself. And in all honesty, it really is myself. Um, from a, a different perspective, I think that the most frequent obstacle is pain management. Um, because every minute of every day, I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. um, and like I talked about earlier about being really, really good at disassociating. Um, and that's completely from knowing that, hey, this pain is here regardless. Uh, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be your friend for life. And so you got to figure out a way to deal with that. But what I want to share about that. Um, I think it's one of the greatest gifts, actually, that I've been given um, as being a coach because what it allows me to see is that, like, if I'm talking to you, Art, and, and we're having a deep discussion and you're telling me all the stuff that's happening for you and it might be painful situations that you're going through, I have a built-in mechanism where I can be like, oh, yeah, that's not mine to deal with. Hmm. I don't have to take that on at all. And it gives me a great, like, I can be present in that moment and not get caught up in what the other person is telling me. And that wouldn't be possible without that coping mechanism of being able to disassociate from my own stuff. I'm like, I can do it with myself. I sure as heck can do it <laughs> when you're talking about your stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's really, um, that's really, really great that you're able to do that. So interesting that you chose those two, um, those two things as obstacles yourself and uh, the pain <laughs> management. Because I would say like, those are definitely two of my uh, most frequent obstacles as well. It's, uh, you know, Let, let's dive into that, the self part for a second. I want to speak directly to um, people with disabilities right now. And when I say myself, I think the number one thing that comes up for me is the excuse 
and I use that very purposefully, the excuse that somebody didn't like me or that I didn't get this promotion or whatever because of my disability. I think that's one of the biggest ways in which I've stood in front of myself and blocked myself from stuff because I made up a story that said maybe it was in high school where you see people talking off in a corner and they just happen to look in your direction and you're like, oh man, they're talking about, I can't believe they're talking about me. And you know what? They're talking about me because I'm different and I've got a disability. How the hell do I know that's what they were talking about? But that's a story <laughs> I made up. And tell me that doesn't resonate with you right now sitting here. Like, that is the hugest disservice that we do. But I think it takes experience to even be aware that that actually is happening. And it takes other people other than yourself to be able to look and say, huh, they're at a spot that I want to be at. And they have similar circumstances to me, but they're a lot further along than me. What did they do? How did they get there? What questions did they ask themselves other than, oh, this is my circumstance. It's not changing. So I'm just going to do nothing about it. I'm just going to let it stand in my way. And I'm going to let that make me a victim in my own life. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, definitely something I can say I've <laughs> I've experienced for sure. Thankfully, not so much um, later in my life now, but yeah, high school and, and my younger years, yes, for sure. It was always those uh, those types of situations happening where it's just like, oh, they don't like me because of my disability, or as you said, which was always a big thing for me the job situation oh i didn't get that job because i was disabled you know and it's just like maybe maybe it was true but that should not um that should not be the way of thinking about things because it does stop you well for me i'll speak for me it had um definitely discouraged me from wanting to apply for other jobs because that was mm -hmm. just like oh okay if this this shit's just going to keep happening, <laughs> you know, then it goes back to what we said before. Maybe I should just sit and collect a check for the rest of my life because the disappointment of going to job after job after job and not getting anything, um, it, it does start to, you know, make you think like, okay, well, what, what is it about me that none of these people really like? And then it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe, yeah, it's probably because of my disability. Um, yeah, I, I I got a story, man. I got a story. <laughs> so I used to, before being the loneliness coach, I used to work at a center for independent living. We would do a lot of work with high school kids mm -hmm. uh, around the area of empowerment. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember this kid, man. He wanted to be a basketball player more than anything. He was like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to be a basketball player. I'm going to. I, I did, I'm going to be in the NBA. And then it's like, I'm, I'm a practical realist. 
and I, I would like to consider myself in, in a lot of circumstances pretty empathetic, but the question was, okay, all right, so this is what you want to do. Are you on the basketball team? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, do you practice basketball after school? Uh, no. Um, well, so what you're telling me is the only thing that is related to basketball that you do is play this game on your phone. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's like, okay, let's start looking at this a little bit. Uh, don't ever say that it's because you have a disability that you didn't make it on the basketball team. Because right. then you're just lying to yourself, and anybody telling you that is lying to you. Mm-hmm. You didn't actually take the steps to do it. And that's one of the things that I I tell the people that I work with all the time. Like, I get a lot of pushback sometimes with some of the stuff. And I'm like, hey, here's here's what you – I feel like you should do this. And – I'll keep getting the same messages over and over. And I'm like, well, my stance hasn't changed. This is what I told you the first time. So my question is, did you actually try it? No? Okay, so I don't have anything new to tell you. The circumstance isn't going to change. But the moment that you try... If you try it and you tell me, hey, here's what happened when I try and it didn't work, then we get to look at things a little bit differently. But I think we get stuck in thinking nothing's going to change. So why even try? Right. Yeah, so true. I can definitely say that was my experience for a lot of things. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. And then it's I, I love the the basketball analogy. <laughs> He's like, just well, sitting there on his phone. Yeah, it's like, well, did you try out? Do you play? It's like, no. Well, you gotta gotta do something to get something. So <laughs> that's a really <laughs> yeah, really really great analogy. <laughs> um. So uh, again, thank you for your time today, and and um, uh, I I always enjoy. Uh, your conversations and uh, again, being in clubhouse and hearing the different topics that you talk about. So um, I just love the way that you can relate to, uh, you know, different experiences and different things and apply your own personal uh, stories to, you know, two things, because I think it's um, so important that we can identify or when we can identify you know, things that come up for us in uh, certain experiences that other people are uh, are discussing. We're recording this in July, which is um, more recently has become known as Disability Pride Month, uh, which is uh, a chance for people with disabilities to honor each individual's uniqueness and um, each of us being a part, um, a natural and beautiful part of the human diversity. So what would you say is something about you that makes you unique? 
what's something about me that makes me unique? <laughs> and that's a great question. Before I answer that, I want to also say this, since we're talking about disability pride, it's it's right on the line for me of the whole inspiration porn thing. I, a lot of people don't even know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> and um, like I had people, and I think it's just, I think for our community, we get to become better marketers and we get to be come better at speaking in terms that everybody can understand right um because what i found is most people relate anything with the word pride now to be related to the lgbtq plus mm-hmm. community and what we're celebrating is completely different than that, but that's what it gets tied to, right? In my experience and and feedback that I've got, mm-hmm. uh, so I just want to like throw that out as a, something for people to think about. Um, but what makes me uniquely me is I feel like my ability to listen, and also now my ability to look at situations and and be curious and ask powerful questions that get to the root of what somebody's actually meaning so powerful questions i think go a long long way and one of the things like because i'm talking to you art I remember playing a game of Allegoria with you and you said something and it was based on your response and the question, but it was like, huh? So, so art, why did, why did you switch (laughs) what you just called yourself? I remember this. I remember that I, um, we were, it was something related to family, I think. And, mm-hmm. um, in my family, I, I was always called Arthur because my dad was named Arthur as well. So they called him art. They called me Arthur. And it was, um, I, I believe the question was related to what would you tell your five-year-old self or something to that effect? Something, yeah. what would you tell your younger self? And I automatically responded with, well, I would tell Arthur. <laughs> But just about everywhere, even here, we're recording through this uh, video uh, app here. My name is Art Aston, um, and that's how I have myself on my social media accounts as Art Aston. But when it asked, when the question was asked about telling your younger self, I automatically said <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> yeah. And I caught myself. And then, as you said, you are very good with asking the powerful follow-up questions. <laughs> You asked me right away, why did you say that? How, what made you say that? <laughs> yeah, so I, I think my ability to listen and to ask questions mm-hmm. is what makes me unique. I would absolutely agree. You're definitely great at it. And um, with that, I will say thank you so much to my guest, Nathan Todd. I truly appreciate your time. I 
genuinely appreciated this conversation and uh, gaining your perspective and um, hearing the things that you have to offer for um, about loneliness and being an inspiration. Can you please, um, as we wrap up, can you please tell people where they can find you on social media? And I know you also host a, um, a podcast as well. And can you please tell people where they can listen to, um, to that? Yeah, so I'm driving everybody over to my Instagram. So if you've got Instagram, you can find me at the real Nathan Todd. And if you want to listen to, it's interesting. I, for a long time, did a show, No Label Defines Me, because I'm all about labels. And I've kind of switched into conversations with the loneliness coach. And so if you want to listen to conversations with the loneliness coach, it's in my bio over on Instagram. You just got to click the link, follow the directions, and you'll um, get to hear all the conversations that we have over there and oh my goodness our i can't can't wait uh you can also find me on clubhouse with the uh, aforementioned michelle finan dr finan team sexy and disabled where we have all kind of conversations around disability relationships being sexy yesterday we talked about uh, boundaries being sexy and so i love that you've already talked with her um very happy that you uh, joined me today and i look forward to uh talking with you and uh joining in on your clubhouse conversations weekly and uh have a great day <laughs> This concludes this episode of the Our View podcast. We thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more disability-related content at Our View for Life. That's O-U-R-V-I-E-W, the number four L-I-F-E. Thanks for listening.